you make that transition from being in the field and suddenly you're forced to sort of deal remotely with these customers you've had this personal connection with is you need to slow down. Yeah, you need to communicate differently. It's harder to communicate over Zoom. People don't listen as well. It's not as engaging. It's not as interactive. It's not as much of a conversation. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Steve Benson. Steve's the founder and CEO of Badger Mapping, the number one route planning app for field sales teams. And Steve's joining me on this episode of Sales Enablement to talk about what field sales teams and individual field sellers are doing to adapt to a radically changed sales environment. I mean, after all, it's a huge change for virtual sellers, I mean, inside sales teams, to have to work from home. But they've always been virtual. Think about the impact, though, of this work-from-home transition for sellers who spend their days in the field face-to-face with their buyers. So we're going to dive into how field sellers need to adapt each of their selling processes in order to stay productive during this COVID-19 period. Now, before we get to Steve, I want to let you know how incredibly grateful I am for the organizations and volunteers around this country who are working tirelessly to provide food to our fellow Americans who have been left without secure access to food at this time. If you're interested in making a donation of money or time to support others in need, here are two great organizations to support. World Central Kitchen, which was started by Chef Jose Andres, and Feeding America. You can find those at wck.org and feedingamerica.org. All right, let's jump into it. Steve Benson, welcome back to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. You have a very empty office you're, you're working in today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the only person here. I I, uh, I come in once a week to to gather up the checks out of the mailbox and and uh, bring them into the bank. And that's that, that was, uh, so you caught me on that day. But yeah, we Badger's been working from home for a while now. Yeah, so in case people haven't guessed, if you're listening to this sometime later in 2020 or 2021, we're recording this sort of in the teeth of the stay-at-home, shelter-in-place orders that exist in the Bay Area and many big cities, including Manhattan, where I am, as, as uh, broadcasting from <laughs> the center of my empire here. Um, and yeah, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going outside very often. That's right. And if we are, we've We've now got our bandanas and our masks and blah, 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 blah. So who knew it'd be such an adventure to go to the grocery store? <laughs> yep. So um, so your business, Badger Mapping, for, why don't mm-hmm. you just explain what, for people who had maybe haven't heard you on one of your previous appearances on the show, briefly tell us what, uh, what you do, and then we'll segue into why we're chatting today. Sure. So Badger Mapping is a, uh, so what we do, we're a software company, and we help field salespeople. We provide them with an application that is on their phone, their Android or their iPhone, whatever, and also on their computer. And what it basically does is takes their customer data and makes it really useful for them uh, when they're in the field or when they're planning to be in the field. So um, we connect into their CRM or they upload their information and we make, uh, then we, we uh, give them a bunch of tools that make their take the inefficiencies and challenges of field sales and make them a a lot more efficient. So people end up driving less, seeing more customers, that sort of thing. And so why I'm here today is I I have a fair (laughs) amount of expertise in field sales and, uh, and uh, my background was in field sales. And so, you know, that's why we're talking about how field sales teams can, can work on this transition to, uh, to being inside salespeople, at least temporarily. Well, let's start with that point is, one of the things I hate, 
from the the things they're seeing published these days, LinkedIn, you know, ad nauseum, the new normal. Um, first of all, we have no freaking idea what the new normal is going to be, um, and I don't think it's this. So, if you want to speculate, <laughs> invite you to speculate. Mm-hmm. What do you think the future holds for field sales? It goes back to the way it was, or what? Yeah, I I, I think that we're we're looking at a we're going to be we're going to be out of our houses eventually here. Um, you know, I think once once we're we're kind of through this. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I, I'm I'm not uh, I don't have the expertise to say if that'll be in a month or three months or a year. But uh, you know, if I were going to guess, we're going to well. I would guess this summer people will be relatively out and about and um, just taking a different type of precaution than we used to. But, you know, I'm sure when people are listening to this in six months, they'll, uh, they'll be like, no, you idiot. We're still locked in here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> but thanks for your thoughts. You, but, um, you know, I, I think that uh, there, there are many industries that field sales is the best way to sell to their, to sell to customers in that industry. And, as soon as we're allowed out of our houses, field sales will go right back to uh, to occurring. You know, if, if if it was if it made more sense to just you know jump you know sell your sell your wares online or with inside sales, a lot of companies would have already done it because it's it's uh, well at least selling things online is usually cheaper, right? Potentially, and, right? Uh, and right, and you know, um, but. There's many industries where if you do that, you'll lose market share and not win win the same deals, and or you'll lose margin on those deals. To a degree where it made more sense to have someone, um, for a variety of reasons, go out and get in front of your customers, and and so we'll we'll be back to doing that um, as soon as this is all over. Yeah, and I would even venture to say that some companies that have embraced inside sales, uh, as some SaaS companies, you know, some uh, similar to you, except maybe. Depending on the size of accounts they're dealing with, they're finding that for some of these enterprise opportunities, that actually, yeah, they need to start traveling some more. They need to start being in the field mm-hmm. more to uh, yeah. not only close the deals but also service the customers and shorten sales cycles and just you know be more competitive. Right. I think they're you know we've uh, I, I think especially in technology we've we've uh, we, we've moved a there's been this this movement towards inside sales, but but like you say, I think. Um, a lot of people are are overusing it and would do better as their as their uh, price point, for example, has gone up, or as they've gone as they've started to work with larger customers, they do, they would do better if they got in front of their customers. If, if you're gonna if you're charging somebody more than fifty grand, you, you better have taken them out to a steak dinner and done some outside sales work. You just got to build that <laughs> trust. You've got to be face to face. Yeah, I use the example typically when I'm presenting hundred grand. Those that you know, if you've got a hundred thousand dollar CLV on a customer. If you don't get on plane, someone like me would, and they're going to go win that business. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's just it, you, you, and it, it's worth it at, and I'd say at a, at a price point lower than fifty grand, it's worth it because it shortens sales cycles. You'll you'll beat competitors more often. Yeah. It's you know there, and and a lot of people that were that we're already in business for a while. This is obvious news to them. Like go, go try to go try to explain to a med device guy why, why he, sh- why he should move to inside sales and he'd tell you that you're, you're nuts. But for, for the software industry, I think we, because a lot of it started inside um, with, you know, with, with kind of the explosion of ISVs and apps, et cetera. 
they set it inside. And so now they're kind of bumping their heads on, on, uh, should be on the time when they really should be moving to outside sales. Or at least integrating more outside sales into the, the process, right? Because, mm-hmm. I, mean, right. I mean, technically. A hybrid. Yeah. I mean, technically for most of my career, even when I was building teams as a VP at startups, you know, oftentimes individual contributor, uh, to start it, if you're first person in the door, yeah, yeah, I'm spending 75% of my time in the office and 25% in the field, so absolutely yeah and i think that that was the that was the history of of software sales i mean i was when i was a field salesperson for outside sales i was in the office probably two to three days a week and on the road two to three days a week and and that was just the balance um you know and that was 15 years ago but um today i think there's you know a lot of software companies decided it realized it was cheaper to have people not have to travel around and they could get more phone calls out and they were measuring by the by the by the metrics of of, of uh, like activity right and they 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 moved away from field sales and went really focused in on on inside sales which can make sense at a at a high velocity low price point but especially if you're moving up market and selling bigger deals it makes a lot of sense to get your guys out in the field all right so let's i agree so let's look at it in this environment here where we've had you know nationwide and certainly in all the major metropolitan areas shutdown orders people working from home uh, what's what's the single biggest challenge for sale field sales teams right now? Well, I mean, the biggest challenge is, and obviously from from my perspective, running a company, uh, the biggest challenge is making payroll right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, the 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 world has pressed pause on revenue to a large degree, and you know, a hundred percent revenue gone in a lot of industries, um, but uh, or or some large percentage gone, and so the challenge. Uh, the immediate challenge for a management team, uh, sales manager, or or management team in general, is deciding how they're going to uh, keep making paychecks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so that does that mean? And so you know, I guess you you kind of have to approach that problem. Um, well, I've got to save money. Where am I going to save it? Uh, or I've got to get money. So there's there's obviously loan opportunities like the PPP that mm-hmm. the, the government's putting together. And, you know, right now we don't No, no money has been issued, but applications, a lot of applications are in. So we'll see where that goes, but hopefully that'll kind of start hitting the market and everyone will keep their salaries here. Um, for people that have had a more severe downturn, that'll only last them two, two and a half months, right. Of, of, being able to make paychecks. So if, if, uh, if you were selling beer to bars, you know, you were selling a bunch of beer, maybe you were selling a million bucks of beer a month, two months ago, and now you're selling $0 of beer per month mm-hmm. <laughs> this month. So, um, you, you know, you, you have, you, you need those loans to m- keep making payroll for a lot of companies. It's, it's, uh, for, for only a few companies, it's gone up for some companies, things have just been, become flat maybe because they, are on more of a recurring revenue model. Like no one quits their email right now. For the, for example, I mean, you, you're going to keep paying for your your monthly services there. But um, it, most businesses are somewhere in the middle where they've they have less revenue than they did, but they still have meaningful money, and so they're they're looking to tighten the belt a few notches, and uh, and and they're hoping the money is going to come in as a from a loan perspective. If I were in that position. Um, well, I, I am in that position. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the way the way I approach that problem, um, and, and I haven't taken any 
any furlough actions yet, or I haven't, I haven't laid anyone off. Um, but I would, I would approach, I would approach that as a sales manager. Um, if I was approaching, if I made the decision that, Hey, okay, my sales team is where I have to tighten the belt as opposed to my engineering team or my marketing team, et cetera. If I were, you know, since it's salespeople listening to this, if I were the sales manager, I would, and I, and I had been told by my CEO, Hey, we've got to, we've got to tighten the belt a couple of notches, you know, drop 20% of cost. I would, uh, I would, I would look at the team and I would think, okay, well, is it better for me to let go of the bottom 10% or 20% of the sales team? Or is it better to lower everyone's salary by, by 20% maybe? And, and, you know, consider giving them a day off a week, for example, like, okay, Mm -hmm. don't work Fridays, everyone, but, but also I'm lowering, lowering uh, your salary by 20%. And, and I think that kind of just depends on the team. If there's, if there's uh, some people that maybe you're, thinking about laying, letting go of eventually anyway, because it wasn't working sure. out that well. If you have brand new reps that haven't scaled up that you're not, that, that, uh, th- then that might be a good place, but that's kind of, I think ba- depends on the team, which direction you want to go there sure. to whether you want to tighten the one, well, your own business selling to field sales organizations, right? Have you just seen demand dry up or are people still saying, look, you know, we still have, we still have to sell, but I've brought these people inside. They need maybe tools to be equipped with tools they weren't equipped with before. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what are you seeing in that regard? I mean, new sales, I would say that people are in a wait and see mode and not, so we're, new sales have really frozen up. Um, we, we do have, we do have some people that are, that, they know that they they've known for a while they needed this and they're just it, because they have extra time to look at it now they're actually getting around to buying it and getting it set up so that's actually been floating us a bit um but most of the it, it's we're not like reaching out to new people and finding and, and and you know letting them know for the first time that we exist and then they're they're buying it right now i don't think i think they're they're but um well, are your, are your SDRs still making calls? or The SDRs are making calls, but to people that were already involved in the system somehow. So they okay. had you know, looked at us before and just it wasn't the right time because they had too many other initiatives going on or whatever. So we're trying to re- more re-engage with people that already were interested and knew about it. Um, the, uh, so that's kind of been the strategy there. But uh, rather than cold calling and reaching out to brand new sure. people, we were sure. kind of looking, looking back through our, uh, look, looking, looking at the couch, turning over the couch cushions and looking for the, looking for the, <laughs> the quarters. Yeah. Oh, the quarters. Okay. Ah, well, and they, much, and they can be, much more aggressive. they can, exactly. Well, they can be meaningful deals too. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you're, people are looking at a new piece of technology there, or when people look at anything, they may just have more important priorities at the time. And so they, they can know, Oh, I would really like to have this. This would really be a, a positive investment for us. You know, we'd, we'd make money if we, if we did this, but you know, I also, this thing over here is on fire. So I've got to put out that fire first or, Hey, I've got to deal with this. So this is the important initiative for the year. So I've got to deal with this first, but I'll circle back to this. We're, we're seeing people circle back. Now, that being said, there's also, and there's also a lot of people pausing their accounts. And, and I think that's important to let people, um, let people, if they're paying you on a stream, mm-hmm. um, like software, it usually is, I, but, but a lot of companies too, I think it's, you know, a lot of things, if, if, if people need to pause their, pause your service, it's very important. I think to let them, cause a lot of it, it's, I think a lot of people you're going to find, it's not really a negotiable, you know, a lot of people's business just went to zero and you hopefully this doesn't last long and you want them to, 
you know, be able to scale back up and come back on when they're able to. And so it's important to, I think, work with people. Um, just like if you were a landlord and sure, uh, you had a bar as a, cu- <laughs> yeah, you had a bar as a customer, you don't want to kick that, kick the, kick that bar out on the street and not, not, uh, you know, not rent to them anymore because they'll, they'll be back in a few months. We, we will drink beer once again. We will. In fact, I think when we come back, we'll probably drink a lot of beer. <laughs> I'm, I'm still drinking a lot of beer. It's <laughs> well, I am too. I, my wife yeah, told me the joke the other day about, you know, you, we all hear about the freshman 15 we gain as, as you know, first year in college. You eat a lot of food. Yeah. Well, now it's now it's the COVID-19, which is yeah. you know, everybody locked at home is stress eating, as I know we are. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, we're trying to exercise. But, you know, we're very fortunate. We have a Peloton in our house, so we, you know, ride that every day. But we're not out running like taking long walks like we did before so yeah i've got i've got the knockoff peloton and uh, it's been a real lifesaver um i think that's that's been huge yeah okay so for the let's focus on the field sales reps themselves though so is your mm-hmm. feeling that for a lot of the, your customers that field reps you know more so than maybe you know a SaaS rep selling inside sales onto a you know an application to a variety of customers that if it's a type of product that needs to be sold outside that economic activity has dropped more precipitously there? Um, you know, it, it depends. I think that some, in some industry, it's just industry by industry. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're selling beer to bars, your sales just went to zero. If you're selling... And just so people people understand, is it, I mean, my, my impression is that the guys that are driving the trucks are really in quasi-sales roles, right? A lot oh, of those companies? Yeah. If you're... Uh, yeah, a lot of the times. They're taking orders, they're in a sales role, and they're delivering the beer. Yeah. Um, all, all three. Other At other beer companies, it would be, you know, they've got a delivery team and they've got a sales team. It's mm-hmm. the people that actually come show up and do the deal. They uh, and manage the relationship. They're, they're not... They don't also have a truck full of beer. Um, but... Uh, so it just depends company, company by company and, you know, some... Uh, and, and, you know, and we service single seat companies, right? So meaning there's one sales guy, uh, you know, and, and that could be a guy making beer out of his garage and he's keeping track of a hundred bars he's delivering his beer to. Or it, we also service Fortune 500 companies that have, you know, 500 salespeople. And so uh, we, we have, we ha- there's a wide variety that we're seeing and, and people are reacting differently. I think industry is the most important thing. Like the, mm-hmm. if you're selling beer to bars, you're massively impacted, a hundred percent impacted. If you are selling, you know, heart stints to hospitals, you are likely selling the exact, this, the demand the for heart number, stints right? has not changed. So you're, you're still interacting the same way. And if the doctors have a question about the heart stints or the, you know, the relationship, they, they need to interact with their same rep and uh, and so now you've just you've moved from a face to face sales situation to a temporary inside sales situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just, I was also thinking sort of you know large industrial supplies or you know things like that that sort of what we think about manufactured goods that are sort of the mm-hmm. province of outside sales teams. Um, that it's for some that have really depended on that human touch, the personal touch, to stay connected. That it's got to be a little bit of a jarring. Uh, yeah, adjustment for them to suddenly start trying to do that over Zoom as we're doing here, um, just because it's it's good, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, you need some different skill sets, I think, and you know, presenting, for example, or, or is just a completely different animal if you're presenting a new a new a new product or trying to do a new sale 
um, over Zoom, it's totally different than being in the room. And uh, I didn't mean it for that to rhyme, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, and and you need to you need to leverage different skills too. Um, like you treat your your sponsor in an organization becomes way more important. You know, you always need a sponsor to get a complex mm-hmm. sale done, and probably more than one. But uh, you know, to do your selling on the inside of the organization, someone who believes in the product has already looked into it, usually knows knows the value, understands the value, and is is there to kind of help you navigate the the choppy waters of their organization and get the decision makers on board. And uh, when you're that's easier to do when you're in a field role to kind of have those relationships with that sponsor and to communicate kind of, kind of, you know, have the casual conversations with them and, and get them to do stuff for you to push the deal down the line. You, you need them more than ever when, when you're remote, because when you're talking to, when you're talking to their, when you're talking to the decision makers and you're in a zoom meeting with five people or 20 people or whatever it is, it's very hard for you to read the room. It's very hard for you to get the take people's temperature the same way, and you need your sponsor to kind of follow up and and uh, you know have have calls with them beforehand to figure out what their objections are going to be, so you're sure to address them. You need them to follow up afterwards with with the key people to get their actual genuine take, as opposed to just you know um, what you're able to glean in the moment. Well, I think that's a critical point. I mean, I really, this is, this is, I think for people who are making this transition is, yeah, there is the temptation when you move to virtual is, to your point is, let's get all the stakeholders in a room, right? On Zoom. So everybody can mm-hmm. hear it. Whereas if you're selling in person, you're going to most likely grab those people individually, one-on-one. And yeah, the dynamic is completely different. I mean, yeah. people, people will say things one-on-one. They're not going to say in a group setting. And yeah. for if you're selling anything with any sort of complexity, you sort of rely on those individual conversations to really understand the truth of what's happening. Yeah, this moving if you if you're an outside salesperson, there is very likely a reason that your company has always been going has been selling with outside sales, and it's probably you know these are often more complex sales, and you're kind of neutered by being asked to go inside, and so you need to kind of compensate for the for what you've lost with uh you know by 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 skills like you know really having your sponsor work for you and really do stuff for you you know that that, that there's there's way to ways to compensate for that damage well i think part of it too is to not just fall prey to the easy which is yeah let's get four people in a room but say look it's going to take a little more work but i have to set up four individual meetings i don't want to I don't want to give up this individual connection I had with this person and suddenly make it a group connection with these group of four stakeholders because yeah. then you're suddenly in a much, a much, much weaker position. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, a lot of times field salespeople, like they're, they're subconsciously doing things in these sales situations. They might not even be aware of that are, you know, are things that are making them successful and you have to do them like, like, you know, working with a, a sponsor or just, mm-hmm. you know, in, intuiting that there's an objection from that person in the corner by their body language. And so you're, you're able to respond and, you know, elicit the objection and then overcome the objection. And now over zoom, you're kind of just like pointing to your slides and being, and hoping that people are looking at them and, and not on their email or something, you know, it's, it becomes a very different interaction and, and things that 
have come very naturally and that you've always just been doing for the last 20 years as a field salesperson, maybe don't, don't work inside. And really, this is not the optimal way to sell for your industry in the first place for a good reason, which is why you were an outside salesperson in this industry. Well, I think to that point, though, it's, it's a fantastic point because I had that in my notes as well to bring up is that, yeah, when you're selling in person, you, you use all of your senses, basically, to be mm-hmm. alert, right? Body language, nuance, uh, the unspoken questions that you can read on someone's face. Mm-hmm. Is that I think there's a tendency in inside to speed up. And when you make that transition from being in the field and suddenly you're forced to serve deal remotely with these these customers you've had this personal connection with is you need to slow down yeah you need to communicate you need to communicate differently it's harder to communicate um over zoom it's harder for people people don't listen as well it's not as engaging it's not as interactive it's not as much of a conversation um uh, you can't read the body language i think you need to you need to present differently than if if you're over Zoom, than if you and I keep using Zoom, whatever presentation sure. mode you're using, um, if you're if you're if you're on Zoom, you just need to you need to present differently, and and you're not as funny over the phone, and you're not, you're not as charismatic <laughs> over the phone, and and or, you know, you, or even even on Zoom, you're not as charismatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, like Zoom or or over the phone. In person, a lot of, a lot of field salespeople are you know they're really good in person and now you put them in you know lock them in a room and things aren't going to go as well and so you, you do need to be mentally flexible and ready to make a shift you need to communicate differently you need to really shorten what you're saying people's attention spans exactly. a people are stressed out right now but b i mean just over a zoom people's attention spans are a lot shorter and they don't listen as well they get they understand and hear less of it and retain less of it so you know maybe your 30 minute presentation really needs to become a 10 minute presentation or exactly. you're just going to lose people. So, and, and you have to do it differently. You need to, you know, engage them, take a poll of the, of how, you know, like ask people questions, give little quizzes, uh, you know, get, get their opinions, have, have, you know, have the, you know, keep people engaged. It, it's different to engage people over, over a zoom meeting than it is, you know, when you're actually standing in front of them and, and in a room. Right, and I think whether you're whether you're presenting or doing a discovery call or a qualification call, your idea, your point about questions is just so spot on. Right, is that, and it's not asking people, well, are there any questions? <laughs> if you ask people, hey, anybody got questions? They're going to say no. Right. So um, absolutely. So you either have to have a you know ask a question, sort of like uh, you know you summarize a point you just made. Right. You know, we can do X. The value to your organization would be Y. You know, what would the value be? in your perspective for that, or, you know, just something that clarifies and confirms or doesn't confirm, you know, highlights a difference of opinion, but not a generic, Hey, do you have any questions? Yeah. The eliciting good conversation is more challenging and, and, uh, you have to keep it shorter. You have to keep it simpler. Like the, the slides have to be simpler. The point has to be cleaner. Um, you just, you got to trim away the fat and tighten everything up. You have to transition better when you're, when you're speaking in over zoom or over the phone, than you have to, and when you're in the room with someone, when you're in the room, they're reading your body language too. They, they can tell you're moving on to the next point. They can, they, they, they can, it's easier to connect the dots when you're face to face. Um, we, we have all these 
innate human communication skills and listening skills and speaking skills that we use when we're in a room with someone, trust building, and uh, all those things. A lot of those things are lost over Zoom or over the phone. And uh, you know, if you're connecting the dot between one point to another point, you've got to do. You've got to you know, kind of when you're speaking, prepare them that you're that you're making this change, that you're and make sure they're with you and, and make sure they get the jump from one thing to another. And it's just a lot easier to lose people and, and have people not be able to pick up the thread of what you're saying or really understand the, you know, the, the why it's so important that they mm-hmm. act and why is it so important that they act now? And why is it so important that they, that they do it with you, that, and that you, you can get these things and see that people are gently nodding their heads if you're in the room with them and, uh, and you lose all that here. Yeah. Well, unless you, again, on zoom, unless you summarize every, so, you know, Pause every five, ten minutes, summarize what you just talked about, maybe you know, transition slide to side and ask a confirming question whether people understand, right? Confirm their understanding yeah. of it before you move on. Because to your point, otherwise they'll be they'll be lost. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the other thing too is is in every iteration or interaction, excuse me, that you have with somebody, if you've been accustomed to being in front of them and suddenly you're not, is I think you also want to start thinking more graphically. And, you know, an image can speak <laughs> louder than having five bullet points on a, on a slide. Mm-hmm. And you really want people to take one thought away per, per slide or per, you know, five or ten minute interval of your conversation or whatever. Is you just got to keep it really chunked, make sure people understand it before you move to the next. Minimize the number mm-hmm. that you're trying to transmit at any one time. Yeah, I agree. It's just hard. all these points and, like people's understanding goes down when you're not in person. Um, they, they just, people don't well, hear it you does as anyway. well. Yeah. It just gets worse. Right. Yeah. So, so you're absolutely right. Simpler, you know, images, all that is, is, is better. Um, also, I think in this environment, you have to maybe step up your, uh, step up how, um, I want to say like flamboyant or like outgoing or how engaging you are, you know, you got to channel your inner newscaster. You know, if you're, if you're in a situation where you're presenting over zoom, I think it's, you want to turn, you want to turn the dial up 20% compared to if the way you would, would have, if you were in person, you gotta, you know, you got to, uh, you know, if, if you're, when you're, if you think about like how people are on TV, like, you know, everyone, everyone's just bigger, right? Mm-hmm, like so mm-hmm. connect, you, you want to, if you want to connect with an audience through a television, you know, t- on television, everybody, they've got too much makeup on, you know, everybody's wearing a bunch of makeup. The men are wearing makeup, you know, <laughs> the women are wearing makeup and, yeah, and they're wearing a, and they're and they're wearing a ton of it. Right. And, uh, and you know, they're very animated, much more animated than you would be in person. Um, and uh, it, or else, because it's very easy to come off as very robotic. I think, it, it, and and just too, it, it, things are more boring over a Zoom or over the phone than it is when you're in person. And so you want to you want to turn things up a little bit so you you keep people excited and engaged. I agree. I agree. I think to that point, that's a great point. We don't talk about enough. Is you know we've switched to Zoom, and yeah, if we look at the people that attract our attention on TV, it, yeah, they are slightly amplified. And that's that's part of the job of being on, right? And so you can still be on and be authentic to who you are personally. It's not like you're assuming a new personality; just being five to ten, five to ten percent more than you were normally. Yeah, and and you know, it's 
I think you do that naturally when you're presenting. Like I, I remember taking sure. like presentation classes at, in business school and them telling me to turn it up a notch. You know, like if you're given a presentation, you want a little more energy, a little more inflection in the voice, be a little more engaging. And it, it feels weird because it's not totally you. It's a little bit of an amplified version of you. And I think here you may want to take that one step further. Uh, you know, be a be even a little. So if you if normally if you were sitting around with your buddies, you'd be way more you know low key than you are when you're giving a presentation, and you want to kind of move it up one more notch to, to if you're going to if you're giving that presentation over over Zoom. Yeah, well, I, I tell people is just use the adrenaline, right? I mean, a lot of times people they feel nervous and they're saying, "Well, I've got to calm down, right?" And I don't want to. And it's like, no, no, I want you to go the other way. Why don't you ride this adrenaline, right? This is excitement. This thing is powering you forward. If you know your material, take it for a ride. Take that adrenaline for a ride. Yeah. Well, and and you know, there in that vein, stand up when you're giving a presentation. Norm, if normally you're standing giving a presentation, don't sit down um, just because you're doing a Zoom. Like you know, move the camera up and stand there, and and your because your voice sounds different if you're standing. You're you know, you're you're speaking more with your diaphragm, and you're able to move and be more energetic and wave your arms around in a different way than if you're just sitting on the telephone, like laid back in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to that extent is stand up and use a whiteboard if you have one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, still dress professionally, right? Like the same, if you were going to pitch in a suit, you know, and normally you could still, you can still put on a suit. And, you know, it, it, that's, I guess that's kind of, you want to be appropriate, I guess, but it, you know, it, like I, I do see people in, in situations where they basically look like they're in their pajamas and you're like, Hey, we're still, we're still doing business here. <laughs> like show, show dress, dress to impress. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot to that is, is that it's a matter of consistency. I think mental consistency, right? If, if you perform at your best when you're dressed, as you said, in a suit and you're presenting, you know, you're selling financial service products, then yeah, don't wear anything but when you've got an important meeting. Because that mental mm-hmm. consistency will say, "Yeah, this is I perform my best when I'm dressed like this." Yeah, and 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 they expect you to 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 dress the way that you are normally dressing. I think, and you know, and, and there's other things that there's other there's other ways you want to be professional when you're in kind of a Zoom environment. You want to, you know, you want to make sure you're still making eye contact, but you're not making it with a camera. You're you're you are making it with a camera, not a person. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've seen people do. Um, to help with that is they, they put like a mirror or a, um, I'm not doing this right now, but it'd be a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) You you put a mirror or a picture of someone behind the camera so you can still make eye contact with a person and that, that makes you, uh, it it helps you connect with the audience. If you're naturally able to be looking at a human while you're talking, I think sometimes you feel disconnected if we're just looking at the wall. As long as it's not yourself. I mean, I think that's distracting. I mean, I was always taught when I was was being taught public speaking is yeah never practice looking in a mirror right <laughs> but so but yeah I think I think having having a target above the camera is not a bad idea right behind the camera yeah having something I think is is helpful um, and uh, the uh, and you want good lighting you want to think about your lighting and there's you know you, there's you, you see a lot of little advertisements uh, on around the web right now uh, on social media, et cetera, for little, little like well lit lit things that sit on top of your computer and then make, you know, make you look better for salespeople. I think they, that's a key thing. And I don't think they're expensive. Um, No, no, I've got actually 
panel LED panel lights here and hundred bucks. I mean, you're and you look great. <laughs> well, it's it's the makeup that I'm wearing that's really oh, made all okay. the difference. To it. <laughs> I, yeah, your forehead doesn't look shiny at all. It looks like you really got really yeah. powdered up there. <laughs> my makeup, my makeup is that I haven't shaved in five days. So that <laughs> yeah, me neither. Well, yeah, well, I I went. Uh, I was I was doing this. Uh, I was I went to LinkedIn. They've got these training courses and. Uh, you know, so they, I was sales training courses that I was doing for them and, uh, and they make up to me all up and did my hair. Um, so I was, I was definitely looking my best then. I'm definitely looking my worst now. I even gave myself my own haircut, which didn't go that well. <laughs> uh, you know, I really can't tell. I think that's the beauty of zoom that we really don't know. So, uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, my that's, hair, that's, that's important too. <laughs> but by the time we get out of here, my hair could be down to my shoulders again. Who knows? There like you a, go. Well, just like college days. Well, I just I just uh, cut mine the other day with my you know, well and uh, you know little little dog little dog groomer that I used. It was <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, well, you, um, cl- you clearly care more than I. If you feel like you have to cut your hair during the shutdown. <laughs> no, we're still we're still sending checks to our our hair cutter, but uh, even though we're not going, go. which I think people should be doing, but um, if they can afford it. But uh, yeah, now I'm gonna. I'm going to tough it out. We'll see how it goes in a couple months. So, Yeah, we'll be fine. All right. Well, Steve, anything else before we go? I mean, I think, I think we've covered up, I've covered all the important stuff here. I mean, I think, you know, in the end, field sales is, uh, there, there's a reason that people sell certain products in the field and it is the best way to sell them. But, you know, uh, the goal right now, I think, is to just tee things up to make the year. You know, to um, people should concentrate on on having a successful year, if if not a uh, if not a successful next if this next quarter. Q two may suck, but focus in the year and and focus on making your sales goals for the year. Uh, and then I think uh, keep, while we're while we're locked inside here, just field sales people should focus on keeping moving sales cycles forward to the best of their ability, and and, uh, and that way when we get back out, we can hit the ground running. Perfect. All right, Steve. Thanks very much. So, uh, if people want to find out more about Badger Mapping, where can they go? Um, so, badgermapping.com is is the best spot. Uh, you know, you can always search for me on LinkedIn, uh, Steve Benson, and um, I think I'm Steve N. Benson on there. And then just look up Badger Maps, Steve Benson. Um, I'm easy to find. Uh, the, if if uh, just for enduring my all my blathering here, and if they do need field field sales software. Um, your listeners are well, just mention this podcast and, and my team will give, give you two months free to, of the, of the software to try out and kick the tires. Perfect. All right. Sounds like a good deal. Steve, as always, pleasure to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. We're so grateful for your support of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. You can do that all on your phone in less than a minute as soon as this podcast is over. Me and my team would really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Mm -hmm.